Namaste. So this is a poem, very interesting poem, which um, full of humor. And this poem is just like the aphorism that we read on soul and scientific methods. This poem is on science, a dream of surreal science. Now this word surreal is very strange. I mean, Shavinda himself says, I don't understand what they mean by it. Because uh, it is something like any kind of uh, absurd, meaning, meaningless things apparently grouped together. There is a whole surrealist poetry Shabinda has written, which doesn't make sense. So here, surreal science is science which brings together certain so-called facts and discoveries, but which doesn't make sense. And how it doesn't make sense, Shabinda, without... Analyzing. He is simply like a reporter reporting the facts. And as he says, we'll see it. That why he is using the word surreal science. And the poem starts the sonnet. One dreamed and saw a gland write Hamlet. Think at the mermaid capture immortality. Now you see, the greatest work, Shakespeare's, you know, Hamlet. And he says that if you ask strictly a scientist, imagination, subjective, all this doesn't exist. But it was the gland, overactive gland, something like that. The gland, the hormones were very... And therefore, he wrote them Hamlet. And this would write for many creative artists. People even say that there is a genetic abnormality. So Gene is writing. Look at the absurdity of the whole thing. It is because the glands, therefore you are writing such a beautiful play and a poem. So there is something missing and that something which is missing is nowadays being recognized. It's called the gap between the process and the result. So unconscious genes, unconscious neurons, unconscious hormones which don't know emotions, which don't know logic, which don't know anything of that kind. Yet, the result is filled with joy, filled with music, filled with laughter, filled with the rasa, filled with feelings, filled with profound truths. So, it is like someone says that, well, it's not that person who has written the article, but the typewriter has written. It is as absurd as that. It is the computer which created all these wonderful things. This is the way sometimes one could answer. If a scientist says that, well, so this paper that you have presented, it's your neurons, your hands and the computer. Why do you take the credit for it? Because there is no I. If you go strictly, the physical being is a physical being inert. So Shivinda is putting it with a touch of humor and sarcasm. And he continues, a committee of hormones on the Aegean's brink composed the Iliad and the Odyssey. So we know that the Aegean Sea, at the bank of which the great Trojan War took place, based on which Homer has written these two classics, Iliad and the Odyssey. So he says that, well, how did this come into play? If you ask a typically material scientist, if it's true, to his belief in material science alone. Most scientists are nowadays 
it's a different breed they are beginning to be more sober and they understand that there is a whole subjective psychological domain we don't understand we don't know but otherwise it would be a committee of hormones different hormones in the body of homer they were acting in strange ways that they created this marvelous classic in greek which is the iliad and the odyssey he continues a thyroid meditating almost nude under the bow tree saw the eternal light so he is not done with the hormones he is obviously speaking about the buddha how will the scientist understand material scientist what really created the buddha look at it like his impact over centuries generations far and wide is it really just a play of hormones that's why it was surreal it is so absurd so meaningless on the face of it because the product cannot be explained based on the things which are composing it so here is saying a thyroid meditating almost nude under the bow tree saw the eternal light and rising from its mighty solitude spoke of the wheel and eightfold path all right so the wheel the dharma the wheel that of which buddha spoke and the eightfold path so how are we to understand it purely on the basis of the uh, things of material science because material science is all your emotions all your flashes the visions all this because uh, now they speak about molecules and the brain neuronal mechanisms and um, then behind them it's the hormones which are driving you crazy uh, suddenly you feel that deep peace suddenly you have these visions so being a psychiatrist i used to have these uh, fascinating discussions and my one of the standard answer was this discussion is meaningless you'd say why say because your neurons are babbling and my neurons are babbling who is going to decide which is real <laughs> babel of brilliant babel of neurons neurons are unconscious fellows they are simply somehow using logic by chance accident so how do you how are you going to decide you can't even decide because neurons themselves have no knowledge so if they had the knowledge then you know you could just create that with from childhood the brain is the same but as it grows now they are going to give an example of machine learning how do machines learn that's a different subject we'll speak about it machines intelligent machines how they feel they feel or they manufacture feelings they express things which is a very dangerous thing but that is a different aspect of which we'll speak about they can even write an essay on shorbindo and i <laughs> i heard something very uh, very interesting which i can share <laughs> Uh, you know someone went on the chat gpt to know about shirobindo and after uh, whatever it had to write it said for further information <laughs> go to <laughs> aroma <laughs> first choice was aroma <laughs> then there were list of five choices the first choice was aroma <laughs> well it cannot know it is the same thing it's it's uh, we always knew the difference between pandit i can it's like somebody can read all about love and rattle it out 
and rattle out with the best phrases and you know with a fantastic language but at the end you ask do you know what you have spoken i don't know but you spoke very well so that's how it is he is saying that buddha like people they give they have written books on the buddha but frankly who can really write about the buddha somebody who had some at least some glimpse of that light if not the full enlightenment at least an opening through which one could see where he stood so here he says that uh, a thyroid meditating almost nude under the bo tree saw the eternal light and rising from its mighty solitude spoke of the wheel and eightfold path all right a brain by a disordered stomach driven thundered through europe conquered ruled and fell we know whom he is speaking about napoleon shivendra says that he saw in it the arm of god striding through europe but ordinarily why was this man in such a almost restless ambitious and yet he was driven by very high ambition of bringing them all these together and conquered and then of course we know that he uh, last few years he was in exile and that's a different story when he broke up with josephine and that led to his fall but that's a different story but ordinarily science would explain a typically material science such phenomena a brain by disordered stomach driven thundered through europe conquered ruled and fell from saint helena went perhaps to heaven the word perhaps we don't know where he went because he died in that isolated fort from saint helena he went perhaps to have heaven thus wagged on the surreal world until ultimately if you take that uh, scientific theory material scientist strictly material scientist again the world has changed and i believe it is because of the supramental manifestations pressing new ideas in the mind of humanity so there have been subsequently a series of scientists who have begun to believe in a greater reality who have developed sufficient humility to understand their things way beyond their ken and yet there is a whole group which is somehow tightly holding on like death in its last stages holds on against savitri same thing we see in the debate so the surreal world absurd because if you look at it strictly from the point of view of material science such an absurd world as someone has said you know it's so much sound why would somebody why would a strange whatever mechanical energy creates waste on the stars such splendid display of light and power and god knows what galaxies and systems planetary systems life is everywhere in this creation vastness of space and time from the strictly material science point of view this is an absurdity which has somehow come together by various series of random events and they somehow conjured together joined together and created this universe and in this man so thus wagged on the surreal world until 
now comes the prophecy and the danger of this approach of science without a soul. This is how uh, we can say science which has shut the divine and soul out of it. A scientist played with atoms and blew out the universe before God had time to shout. And he is not only speaking about the atom bomb, that is understood. He is speaking of the universe. Sometime back, there was an effort to create a black hole, replicate a black hole inside a laboratory. So imagine what happens if you have a black hole, maybe very, very tiny, minuscule. And this is going to, because black holes exist plenty in the universe, but universe has its own system of maintaining and managing things. Now imagine if somebody creates that kind of a thing, playing with atoms creates a black hole. Just not even a needle, just the size of whatever it is. Now it can literally absorb and absorb this earth planetary system and God knows what. So he speaks about the dangers of so-called developing but sans soul, sans God. And that is where we should be cautious, very cautious about this uh, thing called artificial intelligence. It's all right. If man is developed in his soul spiritually, spiritually evolved, divine intelligence has come in, he can use anything. Because he is now he understands how to use, when to use. But right now man is far from that state. And that's why mother spoke of hastening the spiritual evolution. And Shubhendra spoke about the evolutionary crisis in the life divine toward the end. And he says that, we must hasten in the direction of spiritual evolution. You can't stop people from doing what they are doing. Once you have created, no amount of laws are going to regulate. But what we can do is evolve beyond the mind so that if there is a sufficient number of beings with spiritual intelligence, just their presence will be enough to counterbalance the misuse. Because the misuse is again because of forces which are pressing to do things. And if there are human beings with an awakened spiritual intelligence and if best is divine intelligence, they will automatically counterbalance the possibility of their disastrous use. That is what we see in Mahabharata at the end with which we can stop. Swashwathama misuses the Brahmastra. And who gets to know? Vyas gets to know. And Krishna gets to know. What is Arjun's response? He also puts the Brahmastra. But Vyas and Shri Krishna say stop. Because they know that this is going to destroy a world which has been created with so much struggle and pain. And then it is stopped. But then you can't stop. It's a guided missile. Krishna, uh, Arjuna never fires because Krishna tells him to stop. But he has already fired. So he directs it toward the womb of Uttara, where it goes and destroys Parikshat. See, Brahma's it's like very guided system, like our laser-guided missiles. And with such precision that you can even direct it to a womb where it can destroy a fetus. So strange. 
and it destroys the fetus which Sri Krishna brings back to life. That's how he's parikshit. It is literally willed into life back by the divine. So it's a very beautiful story of a new creation in his own time. But nevertheless, as we grow in powers which are going to come through uh, these machines and artificial intelligence and with so-called talk of secular, secular and keep the spiritual out for the home. Don't let it step into your courtrooms. Don't let the spiritual enter into the constitution. Don't let the spiritual enter into history and geography. Then we are rushing towards a world which is at the end becomes a real world. What would be this world? Minus the spirit. All the beauty, delight, wisdom, love is gone. That's what people have made this. And you know, it's very unfortunate. Now it's good that somehow it is coming up, at least in India. There is an awakening to this fact that spirituality must enter every sphere. In our education, in science, in history, philosophy, geography. Of course, poetry, art, culture, literature. And even, I must say, in our constitution and our political discourse. Otherwise, there would be this fate, as Shubhindu says, a scientist played with atoms and blew out the world before God had time to shout. Namaste.